0: So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But, you? but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? we talked about this. People relate to this. All right, we're back for the second go-round. This is a podcast I actually recorded uh, with... Uh, uh, recent friend that I did not like the first one. So he was cool enough to re-record, but, uh, that's Jay Valatin and, uh, man, I really appreciate you coming on again. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's my pleasure, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited to jump back on here. I actually enjoyed the, the first time, so this will be even better.
0: Yeah. I, I listened to it probably two or three times and I, I, uh, I, every time I listened to it, I was like, man, why didn't I ask this? Or man, why didn't I? So I, I, again, I appreciate uh, you coming on and, uh, well, you know, before, before we get going, kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I obviously been paying attention for a while, uh, motivational kind of a self-help, uh, coach, but tell everybody what you do and what you're all about.
1: Yeah. Um, so, um, grew up in a small uh, mountain town up in uh, Weaverville, California, Grew up hunting and fishing, so that's kind of my passion, and uh, I do that all over the place. But for the past, oh gosh, 20 years, um, I've I've been in the counseling world, helping people, uh, you know, fix their marriages, work through uh, affairs, um, work with sex addicts, and you know, just the whole gamut. And so I also lead a, a men's movement um, called Brave Co., where we help build a great man you know men men aren't born great you have to build great men so i do a lot of focusing on um helping guys work through pain um build out structure and plans for their life um and so yeah that's that's where i spend a lot of my time is is uh in the the men world man's world and and uh doing a lot of retreats and a lot of speaking and podcasting and, um, as well as a lot of counseling for married couples and stuff. So.
0: Gotcha. And Uh, you're also, you're a pastor as well. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I am. So I've been, uh, I'm one of like 40 pastors at our church here and we've got a very large church. I've been on, on staff since 2004. So about 18 years I've been doing this and it's awesome. I, I just love it
0: gotcha and i've I have found that people find it odd that uh I have uh like a, a jay or other people i've had on the podcast because i 'm not the most spiritual p- person in the world uh but i I do have strongly focus on being a better human and you know whether or not I ever untwist the big bag of snakes of of uh religion or not in my brain it, i still I love talking to guys like you. Um, I love, you know, the whether it's podcasts or, or, or audio books or or whatever, or, you know, it it self um, assessment, self healing, becoming a better person, understanding. I mean, I'm all about that. And so one way or another, whether you're exp- extremely spiritual or religious man or not, the end goal is to be a better person and, and make other people better as well. And so. I don't know why people find that odd because I'm all, I mean, I'm all about, you know, it doesn't matter. As long as you're a good person, that's the biggest thing. So yeah.
1: <laughs> it's been interesting. Yeah, well, some I, think messages we, I've gotten. I like that. I think we, we typically put people in a box, right. In a category. And, and so when people hear on pastor, they, which isn't a horrible thing, but they automatically assume like, Oh, you know, he's uh, a, <clears throat> he's going to be super preachy or, you know, whatever they've associated uh, a pastor or church with in their, in their life. And so it's sometimes good and sometimes it's bad. So um, I get it. I think a lot of people haven't exper- haven't had a great experience, you know, with God or a great experience at church or from, from Christian people. And so um, they can be some of the most judgmental, shame filled people on the planet. And uh, you know, so I think a, a lot of guys, especially, really struggle with, uh, pastors and church and leadership and all that stuff. So anyways, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm here just to, just like every other guy, you know, trying to live the best life that I can and, and, um, trying to help guys, you know, live the best life that they can. So,
0: well, and I think as far as like, uh, you know, as I, as I'm getting older, um, you know, you become, you grow as a, a person, you grow, you know, you become a better adult or, or more, or you try to anyway, that you, yeah. you know, as, t- as time goes on, um, whether it's self, uh, reflection or helping a buddy, or it is, I guess what I'm leading up to, it is hard for guys to open up. Um, it, it just is. Oh and, the first podcast you and I did, you—I remember you had talked about reading a book with a men's group. I'm like, man, I feel weird even saying that. That's how disconnected I am. <laughs> like, uh, it, but like I've—I've I've tried to get better. Like I've struggled a little bit with just pressure from work and the move and worrying about mm-hmm. um, my people, right? The, the the people that work for me, like you know that, that that's there's a high level of stress with that and failure, basically, yeah. you know, I don't want to fail them. And, you know, with that stress yeah. becomes, there's some doubt in there. And there's also, um, you know, I don't want to say necessarily maybe depression, but some forms of depression, I guess, where, you know, are, yeah. uh, is this going to succeed or am I letting my people down or whatever? And dude, you know, who do you turn to? You call a buddy like, Hey man, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling depressed today. That does not come out of any guy's mouth. Uh, it just doesn't. <laughs>
1: No, it's true. And, you know, the, here's the challenge is <clears throat> we are wired for connection and, uh, you know, human beings are pack animals. And so you even look at from birth, we are, uh, the least likely species to survive on the planet independently. And, and you see that at birth, right? A child that's born, a, a one-year-old child, You match him up against a one-year-old, any other mammal on the planet, and he loses. You know, he loses that fight. We are so wired for connection. Actually, um, psychologists uh, will say that a person who is isolated in and of themselves, right, who is uh, psychologically isolated, they're alone inside of their thoughts, it's more damaging than to be alone inside of your thoughts than to smoke 11 cigarettes a day. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but the, we Does are so wired count? for connection.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I get the, stuck in my yeah, own mind yeah. a lot. So,
1: Yeah, it's true. So, you know, our ability to process is a healing, it, that, that's a healing journey for us, right? Like you weren't designed to carry all the stress to, um, you know, to, to keep to yourself. And, and the challenge is, is most men were raised in homes where, you know, that's what was modeled to you. If, if you, uh, if you look at, you know, most dads, there are guys that are, are tough and isolated and, and kind of like the Marlboro man, you know, and, but the truth is, is like, man, that guy's dying on the inside. He's, he's lonely He's isolated. He's alone. And there's just some serious repercussions for that. Like we've talked about even in the past, you know, um, there's just such a major problem right now with anxiety and depression for men and and even which leads to suicide and things like that. But all that stuff is coming out of guys not feeling connected, not feeling um, known, not feeling seen, not feeling heard, not feeling supported. And man, without that, without having just – other people that you can really pull on, reach out to, uh, lend strength to, yeah, life, life sucks, you know, really quick.
0: <laughs> well, and you know, recently, you know, and I say recently in my mid forties, um, birthdays coming up, you, you start to realize a little bit off the subject here, but you, you've got more years behind you than you've got ahead or good, good years. What I can, you know, physically yeah. good years. And, you know, what, what, uh, you know, have you been a good friend? Have you been a good father? Have you, you know, whatever. And, you know, I've, you know, recently, um, you know, the way that I've kind of operated and, and I've talked to a few guys, you know, in the last few weeks about this, that, you know, when I, when I kind of don't have, uh you know, find, you know, what am I trying to say here? When there's a friendship that is, Like not um, mentally beneficial for me, I'll walk away from that friendship. Mm -hmm. Not like walk away like crazy, but like walk away. Um, And one of the things that a a buddy of mine that I he's been through a a lot, and uh, I've spoken to him at great depth with this. And when I say a lot, I'm not going to mention his name, but like falsely accused of a crime, prison, you know, so on and so forth. One of the things, and he's more and more, he's a religious man, was, look, man, the the way that you need to look at this, especially the way social media is and everything else, is you need to have forgiveness, but you also need to have your conscience clear. And if Mm -hmm. you're standing at the gates tomorrow, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, is your conscience clear? And he's like, if it's clear then you're good if you need to write a couple wrongs write them he said everyone else whether yeah. no matter what don't worry about them just focus on yourself and focus on your friends and focus on being a better person don't focus on things you can't fix right only focus on the things yeah. you can it 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 yeah. helped me a lot because, you know, as you get known in the industry, and I, these are the conversations I've had from a few, Mike Glover and I talked about with Fieldcraft recently, um, you know, about negativity and things like that. Don't, and I'm bad about it, man. I get a couple guys that are like super, you know, talk a lot of crap and it, it it's like, man, I just want to, you know, crack them in the head. And coming <laughs> from this guy was like, look, dude, I, I am built, I'm wired just like you. Forget about him. Don't worry. Right the wrongs if you have any. And if you don't move on and become a better person and you really focus on those things.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think part of the challenge is we like to say that what people think about us, you know, doesn't matter and and it doesn't hurt. And I mean, it's just not true. You know what people it's like, uh, so I'm bald and if I'm in the store And I've had this happen before. And like a two-year-old kid looks up at me and is like, mom, why is he bald? I can pretend like that doesn't affect me in some way, but it does, right? Like it makes me self-conscious for a minute. The thing is, is that I get, I have to choose what I'm going to do with, with what people say about me and what they think about me. And one tip that I've used over the years is, I heard this from Brene Brown. She said, you get to write down on a one-inch-by-one-inch one piece of paper all the people that really matter to you, right, that, that that really know you and really understand you, That their opinion, you want to, like, you want to really value their opinion. And so for me, that's been something that I've focused on is, like, really, who in my life am I going to allow really affect me? And because – If you you know, I live in the world in the church world, and and, uh, our church is is pretty large. So a lot of people have a lot of opinions about what we do and how we do it, and blah blah blah. And the truth is, like, if I focus on them, if I give them a voice in my life, eventually I'm at the mercy of their opinion for my whole entire life. And it it really is like your friend is saying, like, it becomes really crippling. But if I uh, if I just go like, hey, you know what? Everyone's allowed to have an opinion. But who am I going to allow to affect me? Like, who are the men in my life that I'm going to allow to speak into my life and and allow to, you know, my kids, my wife, my dad, and a couple other dudes? Like, those are the guys that really get a voice and an opinion into, you know, who I am as a man.
0: Well, and, and, and that is exactly what, and obviously he and I talked for quite some time about all kinds of stuff, but the, uh, you know, when, when he and I were having this conversation, he was very open. He was like, look, man, there was a couple of people I needed to, needed to talk to. And, and, uh, I said, man, I, I gotta be honest, like I'm kind of in the same boat. There's like two, um, yeah. you know, people that I kind of want to reach out to and talk with. It, it was definitely, and I'm opened myself up for who knows what kind of, um, feedback yeah. on this, but I'm, I'm more than willing because I know I have a lot of other friends struggling with this is after that, man, I slept pretty damn good. I had a 48 hours of exactly <laughs> what you were talking about of thinking like, man, I just read yeah. some horrible things about me or whatever. Uh, and same with some of the different people I discuss this stuff with. And man, the moment I got off the phone with that guy, I, I, I talked to one guy on the phone recently did a podcast with him where I'm like, man, I haven't been as good of a friend as I should have been. And I, I apologize for that. And yeah, I literally slept seven hours, which is a miracle for me three nights in a row. And so I let someone or, or a couple people specifically consume my life for 48 hours, my mind. And yeah. knowing that I, um, what I have done wrong or right um, or whatever. Yeah. If that makes any sense. And, 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 you know, obviously what I'm hoping for from this conversation, and again, I'm kind of leaving myself hanging out in the open talking about this. uh, But I, I I want people to understand. I've got a a friend recently that had really struggling hard times. Like, you know, I'm talking like, you know, Mm -hmm. put a bullet in his head, hard times. And some of that he had felt really bad, about things he had said about me. And I'm like, dude, I'm good. Like, Mm. don't stress. (laughs) Like we're, we hugged it out, man. Like we're good. Like, don't worry about me, man. Like try to focus on bettering yourself and, you know, helping other people. And the problem with guys is we have this big penis syndrome and there's all these other things. And it's like, it is hard to get around that. And whether it's jealousy, um, you know, or, 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 whatever, it, I mean, I have a very small circle of friends when, and I prefer that, but, but, you know, I also don't want to walk down a hallway and not be able to say hello to people and be a hermit, right? You, you, you're going to have to open up and you yeah. do like men's groups basically, correct? Is that? Yeah.
1: Talk about yeah, those. So, I mean, this last, yeah. So this last year, um, we did a men's discipleship program. So basically, um, we led, 500 guys through uh, a whole entire year of, of like this option. And, and so, which is awesome because guys get a chance to work through pain. They get a chance to be vulnerable. They get a chance to, you know, learn how to set boundaries and <clears throat> learn how to build confidence. Um, it, because really the, the challenge that we face is, is really how most men grow up, right? We live in the most fatherless generation that's ever been alive where our dads aren't aren't at war. They just didn't want to be with us. And and if you talk about the origin of the pain that men are in, like that's a lot of it, right? Is when you have when you have either dad not emotionally available or, or mentally available, physically available. He just didn't want you. I'm not really, really leaves a mark in your life. And, you know, because all of your identity, all of your confidence when you're really young is supposed to come from your parents. And so, man, if you started out in life where you didn't have you didn't have a dad that was going, you know, I care for you. I believe in you. Like plus challenging you to grow you up into a man. There's a quote that says masculinity is not something a man's born with. It's something that's poured into him from other men, right? Like uh, when, if you go back like 500 years, when you turn 12, 13 years old, you're being initiated into the tribe as a man and called a rite of passage. And the cool thing about going through the rite of passage was that it gave you access to more responsibility. Now, instead of like, hanging out with the, the women and, and my, you know, your sisters, now you get to go hunt with the men, but you also get to be responsible with the men. It gives you this identity, right? Like this, this confidence, and there's something to reach, reach for something to attain. But, you know, we've lost a lot of that. And so, you know, I'm not trying to get off into the weeds, but I do want guys to no, start dude, to understand and Dive into the weeds, like, like as deep as you want. Okay. To go. <laughs> So the, the real question is like, let's start here. What was home life like for you? Yeah, not- if dad and mo- yeah, if dad and mom weren't saying to you, Hey, you are capable. The question that every man has in his heart, every man is, do I have what it takes? And we spend the rest of our life trying to answer that question. And, and if you didn't get that question answered when you were young, from a male figure, from a father, could have been a coach, even, right? That says, you are, you're incredible. You have what it takes. Then you spend the rest of your life trying to prove that. And guys do that by chasing women, right? Like, how many women do you have to sleep with in order to get that question answered? Oh, you have what it takes. Like, you, you, eh, you can't sleep with enough of them because it's never meant to be answered by a woman. And how much money do you have to make before you get that question answered? Well, you can't earn enough money to actually get that question answered. And so the challenge becomes we, be, we become these posers, right? Men become posers. They pretend that they are something that they're not. And they, they end up chasing women. They chase, you know, money. They try to climb to the top of the ladder of success. But it still doesn't actually answer that question inside of them that was supposed to be answered uh, in their childhood, and then eventually, you know, my, my perspective is you have to get that question answered by God, uh, ultimately, that, that you have what it takes. You don't have to prove it anymore. You don't have to run around and, and, and prove to everyone around you. So, you know, men are in a really tough place. They're isolated. They're lonely. They're in pain. And, uh, and, and then on top of that, like you said, our society says you're not allowed to talk about it or you're a weak man. So, it, you know, when, it, go ahead.
0: No, I just, I want to add a couple things to, you know, to this, I guess, as I'm, you know, a, a knuckle dragger perspective listening in, um, you know, when you, when like I have a t-shirt that says, uh, toxic masculinity, guilty as charged. Not exactly what we're talking about, <laughs> but you know, as far as like, Hey, tough, yeah. toughen up, get up the hill. Hey, you know, those type of things like quit whining yeah. and get to work. But what you, you know, the, r- the reality is, is like the biggest deficiency I see, and I'm not looking at it from the root cause cause that's just not my thing is the yeah. fixing of it later. Right. Like, like I never really thought about the childhood stuff too, too much or whatever. But like later on, especially again, as I'm getting in my mid forties working on 50 and I have other friends at that age and we talk about things is that, okay, you know, what's going to make, um, Jordan Peterson is someone that I'll, I'll listen to occasionally. And he, he made a statement about a weak man is not a good man, a strong man that can control it is a good man. Well, I I, I believe in that, but also there is the pretense of a strong man is not a verbal man or a strong man isn't a comforting man, maybe in again, these are very deep thoughts from a very shallow mind coming out of me right now. But when I look at that, (laughs) if, if so, it is hard for someone to, 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 for me to call you and be like, look, man, it's been a bad day. I am not doing well. Those parts are probably easier to say than now discussing your feelings of why I can say, man, I had a rough day. Uh, That's easy. Yeah. Well, why did you have a rough day? Uh, rough day at work. Yeah. That's not that you're not getting into the brass tacks of it. Those are the parts that I have found men have a really like dig diving deep into why they are, where they, why they're at, where they're at at that time.
1: Yeah. And because when we start to open up emotionally, Right. Like when it's not just a, just a fact about work, like I had a really crappy day at work. Well, when you start to get into, well, okay, you had a really crappy day at work, but how does that make you feel? Well, I I feel really insecure or I feel really lonely or I feel really angry. You know, now you're starting to get vulnerable. You know, now it's like, and man, the more vulnerable you become, uh, that, that thing inside of a man says like, well, I'm about to be hurt. You know, I'm a, I'm about to be exposed. I'm about to be. And, and it's hard because you can't detach that from your childhood a lot of times. And I don't want to just like beat this dead horse. I just want to maybe give a perspective that guys haven't had for a long time. Um, and, And maybe, yeah. And so, you know, the, the thing is like if your emotions weren't handled good when you were a child, then you project that through your whole entire future. And, and, And you live that out for the rest of your life, right? Like if dad said, suck it up, walk it off, then you learn in my vulnerability, I get hurt. So when I cry to dad or when I say, man, I don't, I feel like a failure. or um, Whatever broke up with my girlfriend. I feel really sad. And he says like, you know, some version of suck it up. You learn that my vulnerability leads to more pain, but (laughs) you have to ask yourself, like, who's the, who's the stronger man, the guy that can call his best friend or, or a friend and go, man, I feel, I feel really angry at myself today. I feel like I failed. Like that takes a lot of freaking courage to do. And we have this, like, we have this opposite mentality, like, Oh, the guy that doesn't say anything that kind of just bury like bears it alone. Like that's a tougher guy. But, you know, the again, it it leads back to like when you when you hide what's really going on inside of you, you begin to die. I mean, that is you are you are like your body, soul, and spirit begins to die. You feel lonely. You feel isolated. Uh, you feel like you know, do you really matter? Do people really care for you? And that begins the process that we see so many men in right depression, anxiety, uh, suicidal thoughts, because you're not really known. And you're not really cared for uh, because people don't know you at the deepest levels.
0: No, that makes sense. And I'm I'm curious how this podcast is going to be perceived. Uh, not just in, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting uh, because you and I had done this podcast originally probably a month and a half ago. Maybe. How yeah. long ago was that? And even so things a month month and a half ago. Yeah. So even things between the first podcast, which we touched on a lot of this stuff, you know, to now have, have made me look at things, you know, you're constantly evolving and learning and, and, and making mistakes. And uh, the, the one thing that, um, you know, one of my, my friends recently that's kind of started to open up uh, a little bit more, like when we're talking about like stress at work or, you know, whatever is like, um, when, like sleep is a big thing for me. And so when I am able to, yeah. s- to sleep, and when I say, obviously sleep's a big deal for everyone, but meaning when I can sleep, yeah. I know I'm doing good, right? Like mentally I'm in a good place. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean this is exactly that it may not have anything to do with what we're talking about pinpoint right now. It could just be, I'm stressed yeah. out from work. It could also be that, um, you know, there was, uh, something going on or somebody said something, somebody did something or some kind of drama that, that went on. And when I, when I had talked with my, my friend recently that I had discussed with you about where he's like, look, brothers, your conscience clear. I'm like, dude, for the most part, yes. And he was like that, of course, there was a few four letter words thrown in there. Uh, he was like, then screw those (laughs) other guys. He's like, you don't know anybody, anything, I know you. And he was like, so don't worry about it. Well, then I kind of from what I learned from that conversation or what you and I talk about, you know, to other people talking with me and reaching out kind of, you know, uh, focus that message of like, hey, this spoke to me. So I'm going to talk to you and kind mm-hmm. of repeat, like, regurgitate, it's like, does this make more sense to you? And, and, and as an example, right, um, you take somebody that, um, you know, if you just look at social media all day, and I'm not talking about the hunting industry, just in general, yeah. you might slit your wrists yeah, yeah. within three hours, right? The, yeah, it's true. The world's true. in it, negativity, negativity, negativity. Mm-hmm. And negativity pops up on purpose because of the news outlets, I I think, right? Like stirring things up to where I have really started in the last couple weeks of like, I get on social media. I look at mostly photography accounts because I love photography. Happy things, right? I make a post, answer some questions. Dude, I I get off quick because... I start to go down a rabbit hole. I'm reading about Ukraine. Diesel's going up. The world's ending. We can't have guns. And I'm like, this is not helping, right? This is is making it way worse. And to call somebody, and this is weird, but I mean, things we're faced with every day. For me to call Jay and be like, dude. I just went on a rabbit hole of world problems. You want to hug, right? Like let's talk, you know, that doesn't come out of dude's (laughs) mouth. like, and it may not be just that, but it's like, you focus on social media enough. You might jump off a bridge. Like it's rough. And when I say that meaning daily news, right? Like the world, world, world problems.
1: Well, I think when you look at, um, a couple of things, like there's just basic things that we need in order to thrive in our lives. And if you look at it, um, in categories like body, soul, spirit, because that's how I just like to view my life is if you don't sleep good, right? If you go to the body category, right? Like you would say sleeps in there, exercises in there, um, uh, good hygiene, eating well, right. If you mess that up, if you don't sleep for three or four or five days, like it begins to affect your soul, right? It begins to affect the way that you do that you think, you think about yourself and same with like your soul right like your soul is your mind will and emotions and so like if you don't have a way to process through what's going on inside of you like verbally processing is part of the things that you need in order to thrive in life or let's say that you've you allow negative processing to happen in your life which is what you're talking about right you go to social media and there's a whole bunch of comparison happening there's like negative news about ukraine all this stuff you're flooding your your soul right your mind will and emotion like you're flooding that with just all this crazy toxic stuff and it begins to affect your body because you don't sleep well and you're demotivated, all this stuff. And so, you know, we have to start to look at what makes people thrive. And the interesting thing about the news is, you've, I'm sure you've heard this comment before, but like good news doesn't sell. And yeah. part of why it doesn't sell is our strongest instinct as human beings, our number one strongest instinct is our instinct to survive it's how we, I mean, it's how we like, whatever, the caveman didn't get eaten by freaking pterodactyls and stuff is <laughs> you realize like you walk out in, and, and your instinct to like assess danger. We love that because on a very primitive primal level, we want to know that what the threats are, where they're going to come from. If we can predict threats, that's even better for us because we can avoid them and prepare ourselves. And so the news works, right? we, we get all this bad news in at a very, again, primal level, we're going, oh, this is vital to my survival. It's what happened during COVID, right? Everyone's like listening to all this. Even if you think that it's garbage, uh, on a, a very unconscious level, the pull that you feel towards that is this like, oh, this is helping me. This might help me. Like I might gain information here that – but you're right, man. Like I realized – uh, two weeks into COVID, I just freaking shut off the news. I haven't listened to it since, Honest, that like God's honest truth. I turned it off. And I had a whole bunch of friends that were like, well, bro, you're not going to be informed. And I'm like, informed about what? Yeah. Informed about what might possibly happen uh, from somebody who is literally makes their living selling fear? Like that doesn't feel like information to me. And, you know, I do the same thing. So when I get on social media, I have some fly fishing accounts. I love fly fishing. I've got some hunting accounts that I follow. And then I have some people like Jordan Peterson, Jocko, uh, you know, those guys that I respect that are, are living life well. That's it. I mean, that is because, again, like it's really hard to live a life that you're proud of to be able to sleep at night, to be able to hold your head up high when you're filling your life with junk. And, you know, the advice that your friend gave you is incredible advice. It's like, man, is your conscience clear? Can you look at yourself in the mirror and feel proud of yourself? Do you have stuff, you know, strips in, whatever, do you have these secrets that you're hiding? Because all of that stuff, it begins to define you. Right? So Working with guys a lot, that's one of the things that, that happens a lot is these guys have these secrets that they've had since childhood and it just freaking eats them up or they get married and they've had affairs and they don't, you know, they don't tell their wife. And the problem is, is that stuff, like they can never really feel cared for a bunch or loved or understood or known because deep down inside, they have this thing that says, if somebody really knew who you were, they wouldn't really like you, right? You pretend to be a good person, but you have all these secrets inside. And again, like you're talking about, you know, there's a price. There's a price that you have to pay to be able to lay your head on your pillow at night and sleep good. A clean conscience. There's whether you're a believer or not, like I'm not advocating that people, whatever, like believe in God, there's still a price that you have to pay for a clean conscience. And, that, and, and to me, that's like, are you who you really say that you are? And if you're not, if there's incongruencies there, You have to go write that or you suffer from the effects of, of, you know, pretending to be somebody that that you're not or carrying the guilt and the shame of it.
0: Yeah, No, I, 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 I agree 100 percent. And it made from what he had said uh, and obviously what we're discussing now, you know, because there was like, you know. There was some time of doubt, 24, 48 hours where I was sitting there like, man, this is, this is kind of bugging me. Like, you know, and I'm using me as an example because I'm on here and I don't mind me opening up some and I'm like, man, my my fuck my conscience is clear. I'm good. And and I yeah. you know, I told him, I said, Hey, look, I said, I got there is a couple people I do I should reach out to. Like, and in one of them I just did a podcast mm. with, a super good dude. And uh he was like, Look, That's man, true. I have gone down the same path, and I've had a lot of other people go down the same path. And this wasn't like a childhood thing, but more of a, you know, um yeah. what do you want to call it? Like um, uh, you know, there's times you might have self-doubt. There's times you might feel like you're failing and you'll hear people, you know, the bravado thing of like, Hey, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of failing, which everybody's afraid Uh of dying for the most part, but failure is a problem. Right. I mean, you know, when I, when I like, when, and when you say failure, like, you know, whether you're failing you, like, I always worry, am I being a good boss? Am I being, you know, whatever, a good friend, am I helping out people I want to? Um, none of that really ever includes opening up, uh, for an either party Mm. for a guy. And so, um, yeah, having that tight circle, um, and it's something that I really, you know, as you get older, you kind of find out there's very few that I have found that there's very few people in life you can trust. And when I say trust, I'm talking like trust, like at a very high level that you can open up to. Right. That, that, uh, yeah. you know, you can tell deep, dark secrets to whatever that may be. You did, you yeah. committed it, a, whatever you shot a deer, you shouldn't have shot 10 years ago, whatever's haunting you. Yeah. Right. And yeah. not, not being judged by that. And, you know, for me, my whole life for the most parts out in the open anyway, but some of my friends that I've talked to, like that have opened up, uh, and again, I am really curious how this podcast is going to be perceived that haven't opened up to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're like, dude, it's good to get that off my chest. And I'm like, that's what was bugging you? Like, that's all? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, you should have told me about that a long time ago. That's like low ground fire. Like, but to them, yeah, that was very, very important to them. Whether they cheated on a wife, right? Or or didn't treat their kid like they thought they should have treated their kid or whatever, right? You know, you get the idea. When you deal with this on a day-to-day you know, basis, you know, you obviously have, have off of your experiences and, you know, dealing with people comes from childhood as, as someone gets older though. One of the things I've found is a lot of times if someone had a bad childhood, they actually can be a really good father knowing what they were missing or a good mother. Um, 100%. Absolutely. Well, when it comes to that, it's your kid and you're going to put more effort into it what would you say for some people that are maybe listening in struggling with some of this, what are some steps they can take? Right. Like, like what, what in, as weird as this sounds, everybody has friends, like should they try to, Hey guys, like, you know, open up to some of their friends. Like, you know, I mean, it's weird for guys. It is, it's weird for me to even talk about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I, you know, here's the thing though. Because I mean, I've done this for literally done this for 20 years in everyone on the outside is real tough, you know, and it's just that it's that fear, you know, that's the truth. But when they go home at night, like everybody wants somebody to be really interested in them. Everybody, you want somebody to be really interested in you and you want somebody to trust you enough to go like if one of your friends came to you and said, hey, man, I'm really struggling. Like I feel really whatever I feel really angry at myself you wouldn't be like oh you're such a weak guy you'd be like hey you know thanks for sharing that with me like that makes me feel important and let me help you out and so you know I I mean I was just in Alabama we did a long range shooting school um with 15 guys there and two of the instructors were um special operations guys and I mean, we're talking about the same thing that we're talking about now. Like, those guys are learning how to share about their experiences that they had, you know, and, and how it affected them and, and the fear of whatever. Uh, not just being in war, but but like experiencing the trauma of, of that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I think a couple of, couple of things that really help, because we're talking about what are some steps that guys can take. I think, you know, finding... The first step to me is is really being honest with yourself and saying like, am I okay with, with the way that the way that my life's going, right? Like, do I feel known, seen, understood, cared for? And if you don't, then like, what type of relationships do you want to have? And, and again, it can feel awkward, but man, we want to have close relationships. We want to have guys that we can really trust and count on. And, and, um, and so I think yeah, the next step is do you have somebody in your life that you can open up with and, and be honest and, and so this is why we built Braveco, which is the men's ministry that, that I lead, is there's so many guys that they don't even know how to communicate what they're feeling or and so, you know, I think opening up and, and reaching out to somebody and just and just starting the conversation, right? Starting the conversation like Hey, man, uh, I realize I'm having a hard time sleeping. Uh, I, my conscience isn't super clear. Like, are you cool if I just open up and talk a little bit? Um, the other thing that can be really helpful, honestly, is the counselor. Um, a lot of people have really struggled with the idea of, of seeing counselor. But the truth is, is like, I mean... A counselor's job is just to help optimize you emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Like, it's one of the best things that you can do for yourself is to go sit down with somebody who has some tools that you don't have. You know, uh, if I was if I was just getting into hunting, and I talked to you and said, "Hey, man, what's like one of the best ways to get in hunting?" You'd probably say, "Like, oh, get with somebody else who's great at it, right? Like, get a mentor." I wouldn't look at, you wouldn't look at me and go like, "Oh, it's really weak. If you have to get somebody else to help you learn how to hunt, like that's a really weak thing. Well, man, going to a counselor and just getting a couple appointments to help you like unpack a little bit of the stuff going on in your life and it's just so incredibly helpful. and it's a really great start to you know, um, learning how to get a language that you haven't had in a really long time. So, you know, for me, those are kind of the, the steps. Like you can join a community like Braveco, like we're doing, you get with a bunch of guys who are, you know, they're already on that path, or you can find a close friend that's willing to do that, or you can get a counselor, you know, who you can you can pay to sit down and, and help you. But you know, this stuff's it's critical because unless you really have the tools to like unpack your life and work through some pain. You know, you're just left with trying to process through whatever happened in your life with whatever skill set you have. And we talked about that a little bit last time, Aaron, but like if I asked you what's your process for dealing with pain, you know, what would you say to me?
0: Yeah, I go to the gym.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Does that did I fail? The
1: thing thing is, like, that's a great first step, right? Like, that's a really good first step. But let's say that um, let's say your wife had an affair on you. Like, you can go to the gym as much as you want, but how does that actually solve the real pain that's inside of you?
0: Well, do you know what I'm saying? I do, and I mean one of the things, like. And again, this is even weird for me to talk about that some of the, and it was actually tier one guys that I had talked with, um, with some of this stuff in the last few weeks, I was, uh, forgiveness. It is hard to, yeah. to forgive someone, truly forgive them if they've done you yeah. wrong. And you know, for, yeah. it is very difficult for me. Once someone's done me wrong, it is certain I say done me wrong. I mean, at a, at a, a high level, yeah. I, 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 yep. I am not, at this point in time capable of it. Now I, I'm saying this for, to give an examples of when I had talked to my, my yeah. one buddy uh, I said, man, there's two people that I truly would like to ask forgiveness from them and forgive them. Yeah. I know that they had done me wrong and I had done them wrong, or verbally or, you know, whatever, just n- neither one of us being good humans. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, again, I, I sleep is a big thing for me, like saying that out loud yeah. and then making the, um, uh, you know, making the phone call, right. Uh, to, to do it was yeah. a huge weight off my shoulders when I, when I bring this yeah. up, like, as far as you asking me until the last two to three weeks, um, I have no idea how I would deal with that correctly because all I would know is the two things that most people say time heals all and stay busy. Yeah. That would be, I guess, yeah. what I <laughs> that's my answer, right? Like anytime yeah. I've dealt with anything is work right. out like crazy and stay busy, try to keep my mind off
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem is is right, is it's still, you know, it's still inside of you. The, the truth about time healing is if time healed, like people in prisons would be the most whole people, right? They just have tons of time. And good. Point. But time's a revealer. So time is a revealer. So if you plant a seed in the ground and you give it a lot of time, like you're gonna see what it is. But mostly Here's the truth about time. It makes us forget why we are the way that we are. So, so much time's gone by. I don't know why I'm angry. I don't know why, you know, why I'm afraid. I don't know why I am the way that I am. I just am so much time's gone by. So, you know, I went through a divorce in 2007 and uh, uh, I went through a whole year of my marriage, just feeling like, man, I can't fix it. It feels like it's, it was like not working out. You know, I got married really young, got married at 18. And so anybody that's been married for any amount of time, I mean, you've gone through tough patches in marriage, right? It just happens a little bit of disconnection. And I realized like, man, like I'm vocalizing, Hey, I feel really disconnected from you. And, but like my marriage wasn't getting better. and I finally realized like that my wife was having an affair and she ended up leaving. And, um, and that kicked off like this, this spot. I don't know if you've ever been in a place in your life where it feels like overnight, your life's on fire. Like what in the heck happened? I don't even know how I got here. And I'm not to what happened. I, I was a single dad and, um, you know, three young kids. I think my, my youngest was three years old. My oldest was seven. And, uh, all of a sudden, like, dude, I'm in tons of pain, like in lots of pain and, <clears throat> that's when I had to actually sit down and figure out like, how am I going to process through this pain? Because just going a little bit deeper here, like there's no good road, right? Like if I go and I, and I frigging get with a bunch of other women, like that doesn't actually solve the pain that I'm in. It'll feel good for today or tomorrow. It's, it's instant gratification, which is the greatest thief of, you know, most success in our life. And, And at the same time, like if I go drink to mask the pain, like it's just not going to go away. And so, you know, I literally had to sit and learn how to process through my, the painful points. And the problem with something like a, a marriage that ends in divorce is every happy memory is now a painful memory. And so, you know, here I am literally like stuck with like thousands of painful memories. And the honest truth is, is like I had to. I spent six months sitting down and processing through those thoughts, and I, I literally learned learned to process um, and learn to enjoy it. and And spent I don't know, probably it was six months of. And people go like, "Man, you processed through ten years of marriage in six months." Like the bulk of it, I processed through most of my marriage you know, at least the most of the the bulk of it in six months, but I was really intentional. And the thing about forgiveness too, and we can get as deep as you want into this, Aaron, or not, I don't want to take us down a road that, that you don't want to go down, but, um, with forgiveness, most, most people say that forgiveness is like an onion, right? Like you make a choice and then you just peel it and peel it and peel it. And eventually like you forgive, but I've just found that because people don't have good tools that the first level of forgiveness is a choice, right? Like I choose, I choose, like I'm making a willful choice to, to forgive you, but there's a much deeper level of forgiveness where you can actually get to a place where it's not just a choice, but like, it's because you're, you're at a place where you're healed in. And um, so I figured that out in my divorce because I had a lot of, I had a lot of anger, I had a lot of resentment, I had a lot of pain um, towards my ex-wife and towards this, this guy, you know? And I realized like no amount of punishing her was going to make it right, like that doesn't fix my problems, it doesn't fix the kids' problems, and no punishing him is actually going to like fix what now what the pain that I'm in, if that makes sense. And, no, it, um, it does. And so honestly, I spent, and what I realized is that when I learned how to process pain, like when I actually learned, and and I can give you some steps if you want, but when I actually learned how to process through my pain and I was able to unpack my pain, I also realized that no amount of her coming back, like the people that wronged you in your life, even you, like if they came back and apologized today. Oh, I'm so sorry for whatever, stealing that money. Oh, I'm so sorry for molesting you when you're a a kid. Oh, I'm so sorry for making fun of you, bullying you, whatever. Like that doesn't give you back what what you lost. So somehow you have to reconcile that. Like I I have lost something that I can't get back. How do I reconcile that? Well, if you can actually unload from the pain and you can work through the pain – and then you can get on the other side of that and you could start to see how this has benefited your life and how your life isn't fixed. And, and you're no longer this like hurting, broken person, but you're a strong, powerful person. All of a sudden, like forgiveness doesn't just become this, like, I have to, it becomes like, no, I want to, I, I want to be at this place where I release you from my judgment and, and my pain. So it's vital, man. It is like, It's every one of us are going to go through pain. You know, your parents are going to die. Your friends are going to make poor decisions at some point. And I'm not talking like doom and gloom. I'm just saying like fact, the fact of life is if you don't know how to process and work through pain, you're just going to continue to stuff and stuff and stuff. And that's how you end up in crazy cycles of addiction because addiction starts in our life when you can no longer bear being present in your own life. So, you know, and again, I'm not like trying to fire hose. I'm just going like, this is the reality is if you're drinking too much, you're drinking too much because you're using it as medication. You can no longer bear being present. If you're acting out, whatever's, you know, sleeping around doing things like that, you're doing it to medicate or to compensate for your inability to manage your life. And it's a trap and guys are, you know, they're dying. They're, they're literally trapped inside of this world that they don't
0: know how to manage. No. And I, you know, you had asked a minute ago, like, you know, what direction I I had no idea what direction we were going with this. I just <laughs> am at a place that I have found in the last month since we had done the yeah. podcast, a lot of friends that had a lot of things come up talking to me about, yeah. I've had a couple things happen. Um, you know, that, that kind of paralleled this. And it was, it's weird for me because I've never really talked to any of this. Right. I just never, you know, you just live your life and move <laughs> on and right, whatever shit happens. And, you yeah. know, but when, when it's kind of like, um, when, when someone has, you don't really, uh, how would I word this to make sure it makes it comes, I want to make sure I have the right context. Um, you know, when someone has it band issues and you're like, man, I got it yeah. band issues and you just handle it. That's one way to do it. Or you call a buddy who's a long distance runner and then he goes into it yeah. band issues. And then you talk to another buddy and it's like, you have this little it band party. Y'all got it. And you figure out how to solve it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that's happened in the last month or two uh, with me where I've called a buddy <laughs> and he's like, Oh man. And he's like talking at same age demographics, part of it. Right. Um, it, Weird enough. And then from that conversation, it's weird how all this works. Right. From a few conversations I had, I'm like, man, I got to yeah. reach out to a couple people message him, hadn't talked to him in a couple years. Hey man, I haven't been a very good friend. How are you? And internet friends, right? Like people i met on social, dude, I'm struggling. Oh, well, what's going on? Boom. Here's another thing. And it's pretty like an it band thing. It's like, okay, someone's telling me something here. I probably should at least do a podcast to discuss these things. (laughs) It's kind of how all this came about, but I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. You do. So that's why I'm like, I have no idea what direction to go, but it's all making sense to me at this point
1: i mean conveying the message because yeah i love it because i mean it's it's uh it's, it's 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 real it's honest i mean it's just a part of life and and you know so many guys are stuck in just cycles of pain and frustration and anger poor beliefs about themselves right like they don't feel proud of themselves and and the coolest thing because i've done this you know even this past year right like i have 12 guys that i meet with every single week and these are high level guys like they're not i don't know they're businessmen they're multimillionaires they're these are really successful men and you know what we're talking about we're talking about their past we're talking about how to reconcile what happened to them, the poor decisions that they made when they were young. You know, then these are guys that don't have to talk about this stuff. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, they're multimillionaires, very successful businesses, very successful families. And yet they're going, this isn't enough. Like, my life is missing something. Oh, yeah, I've got these secrets. Oh, yeah, I have these beliefs about myself. Oh, yeah, I've got this unresolved pain. And, and, and then on top of that, like, it's not always just that, right? Like, I don't just talk about pain all day with my friends. The flip side of that is, like, man, it's so cool when when you know that somebody believes in you and they can tell you, right? Like, when a friend texts me in the morning and he says, hey, bro, I just want to let you know I'm proud of you. Like, I'm, I'm really proud of, of, like, what you've ran after this year and, and helping other men and, like, the ability to to hear somebody else say like, Hey, I was thinking about you today. Uh, Just praying for you today. Like if you need anything, let me know. Like that's real friendship, right? Like that's, that's real life. Somebody being able to, to dive in and say like, I am, I'm here for you. I care for you. Like if you need anything, let me know. And on a regular basis, I mean, that's what I'm doing with the guys that are in my life. I've got 12 guys that I encourage on a regular basis um our our marriages are getting better because when when they go home they know that i'm doing the same thing at my home that that they're learning how to do right so uh the other aspect for men that's really hard is to listen to their wives emotions right to be present at home super hard so you know guys come home and and it's really hard to hear your wife say like wow i, I feel really frustrated." you know, or I feel really sad, or I feel like we try to hide from all that stuff. But man, how do you make a really incredible marriage without connecting deeply emotionally? You just don't. I mean, it, there's a limiter on it, right? There, it, There's only so much capacity. If you don't go deep emotionally, it just limits it. And so you have to learn how to do that stuff. You have to practice, right? Just like you learned how to shoot a longbow, you know, traditional and compound. Like, if you want to if you want to be a really great father, well, you have to be present. If you want to be a really great husband, well, you have to, you have to learn how to be present for her, and you have to learn how to handle her emotions, and you have to learn how to, to, to show up at home. And, and so, you know, this is stuff that I'm doing with guys, and that is it's transforming. It's life-transforming, and they are guys from the military, they are guys from the business world, they are guys from all walks of life that are going, like, I want to have a better marriage. I wanna I want to be a great dad, you know. I don't want to do what my dad did. Uh I want to I want to be a great a great leader and a great businessman. It's like, well then you have to you have to level up because you can't this is the last thing I'll say, but I'm just trying to inspire men and trying to open up their eyes, right? Like I see a lot of men, the same skill set that they had when they were dating their wife, that's the only skill set they have today the same skill set that they had when they were to handle conflict. Let's just talk about that for a second. Their conflict resolution skills are the same ones that they had in high school. They have never leveled them up. They've never sat down and went, okay, how am I going to deal with conflict? The same skills that they had to, you know, to set boundaries or to deal with their addiction is the same skill set that they have today. And, you know, we can act as tough as we want to, you know, there's this, there's a massive stigma and, whatever the hunting world the the outdoor world about what a really strong man is and to me i'm like those are all the guys that are suffering the most those are all the guys that are afraid to be found out they're they're all the men that are afraid that somebody's going to label them as weak and the truth is is that like man we have to like we got to get honest with ourselves we have to band together and go uh I want to live the healthiest possible life that I can. Okay, well, you have to do that body, soul, spirit, right? Like you have to, you have to get honest about your life and, and be brave enough to admit that this is something that you don't know how to do or it feels awkward or whatever. That's cool, you know? But I think that that's, that's a real starting point for men. Well, and I, and I can, yeah, I'm with you. I'm curious how how your community is going to handle this conversation as well.
0: <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, hopefully it's it's good because, <laughs> you know, on on my end, um, like I, you know, I I have a, a temper, and when I say that, it only comes out a couple times a year. And I had a yeah. friend, uh, Doctor Abby, who talked to me about it, and she was like, "Look, y- y- what what you know? She's you know, obviously she's a doctor. She's dissecting it, right? I'm on the couch. I wasn't on the couch, but yeah. I was sitting there, and she's like." and she knows me extremely well she's like from everything i know there's primaries that do this you are very protective of kids and at a violent level yeah. i am very protective of women yeah at a violent level my close friends yeah. you know and and obviously when i'm hurt and she you know brought it back down same thing you did yeah. my childhood whatever and she was like look, it's you know, not that difficult to figure it out, Aaron. You you are a person that if someone wrongs you, hurts you, wrongs you. Like you can come up and call me a, a yeah. fat fucker. I don't care, right? Like certain things don't matter. But like if if someone yeah. truly hurts me to the core, to the soul, she's like, I've seen it. A violent yeah. side comes out of you. And in five minutes later, you could go over and, you know, watch me do it. And I'd adopt a puppy or or what? And I'm not trying to I'm I'm not trying to pump myself up yeah. or put myself down this is yeah, just yeah. is what it is that um you know my wife right she was laughing um I just got back from a major hunting trip where I I had shot several animals and I'm buying two $14 bags of jerky to feed the dogs that are stray outside the Indian reservation, right outside the gas station. And she's like, she's, and she's laughing. She's like, you are a hard one to figure out because you would lay in front of a highway to stop somebody from hitting a dog. But she knows damn good. And well, if I see someone who's wronged me, there's a high probability I might lose my shit and headbutt them. Right. And I'm being as honest as I can yeah. hear leaving myself out to get lots of emails and people to talk shit on forums. But that is fact, right? I have lost my yeah. shit on people speaking aggressively to kids that I perceived as a level that shouldn't happen. That's probably yeah. because of my childhood, right? And so assessing that, and I had had a podcast where I talked about this before, and I had a ton of people reach out. Guys like, man, I ripped the door off a yeah. refrigerator. Uh, I black yeah. out. Well, from as I'm understanding it, it is a fight or flight. Oh. You can pick this apart. And please, people, be gentle with me it as goes. I talk about this. Um, your, if you look at it like a dog, there's a fight or flight mentality. If you get beaten up enough, you're either going to cower down or you're going to have a fight mentality. Yep. If you have that fight mentality, you use lose all fear, all everything goes and it's... I'm I'm, a, I'm going to attack, yeah. I'm going to defend, I'm going to whatever, right? You, you get the point. Yeah. That doesn't mean, and I know some of my friends that reached out uh, to me are some of the most kind and giving people and, you know, whatever. We, this is where one of my buddies really helped me out. He's like, dude, it's not that you have that, that you're a bad person. You are actually yeah. a good person because of that. You need to hone that shit. You got to get a handle on it. Okay? And he's got yeah. the same problem I've got to where – I'm exactly. like, Oh, you're going to fuck grab the, the, your your kid by the back of the neck and fling him. Well, wait a second. Yeah. Cause I'm fucking doing that to you. Probably not the best way to handle <laughs> things, but that's just yeah. me. That's how it is. It's like, Oh, you're going to wrong me. Well, I'm going to wrong you more. I got to get a handle on that as well as, and be honest with yourself, people listening in. I know a lot of people like that. Yeah. It's not the best way to handle. Oh things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And what we're really talking about is our triggers, right? Is being triggered. And and which tons of different thing, things can trigger us. People get road rage, right? Like, I mean, we've all seen that on Instagram or whatever. Which is I mean, crazy. It's, it's almost comical. I never get road rage,
0: ever. I don't care about it. It's like, what is wrong with me? That should trigger me. You can yeah. cut me off, flip me off. I'm like, ah, whatever. It's weird what, tri- I'm, yeah. I interrupted, but it's weird what the trigger is. Because it's not like, it, certain things that my wife's like screaming a guy in front of me. I'm like, well, we're not in a hurry. Don't worry about it. And then next thing you know, something <laughs> well, else completely off the wall could do it.
1: It's so specific to you. I mean, that's what a trigger is, right? Is it so specific to me? Like, you know, if, if your dad roughed you up a little bit as a kid, guess what, man? It's really going to bother you when you when you suspect that's happening to somebody else. I mean, that's just a massive trigger because you see yourself in that kid. And now you're going to go freaking you're going to step up and do whatever you have to do to, to save you. I mean, if we're really honest, that's what's happening, right? You see another kid and I'm speaking hypothetically, cause I don't know your past, but if your dad roughed you up, was unkind to you, or if you got bullied, you're still trying to to save that frigging 10 year old inside of you. And and that's kind of the, the vow that you made, right? Like I will, I will never let somebody take advantage of me or, or, you know, so we make these vows and we have these triggers and, and the truth is, is like, sometimes it's okay, but man, we want to have control over those. Like Jordan Peterson said, you want to be a dangerous man who has the ability to control that. And part of how you control that is you literally bring into consciousness what's unconscious. And, and so when you're talking about triggers, like it's really helpful to map out what things trigger you. So when do you get triggered? And this is all, all part of breaking a cycle. It helps for guys who are stuck in addictions and, and that kind of stuff. But also with rage, it really helps. So if you know, man, um, when I'm driving in my car and I feel whatever, I already feel a little bit irritable and somebody cuts me off, I get really triggered. Okay. Let me, like I need to make a mental note of that. And then when I get triggered, what am I going to do? Right. Like what's the better way to handle this? So, um, and there's just a million examples of, of being triggered, but, uh, I think when you can consciously think through it, especially when you look at your cycle, uh, I can give you one for me. So after my divorce, um, I didn't know it, but I had made this vow And the vow that I had made was that no one was ever going to steal, uh, some like somebody from me right because that's what I felt like and so what was happening though is my my girlfriend and I were who's now my wife we would go over and we'd hang out with my friends well as soon as there was like some competition I would like do whatever I had to do to dominate my friends it was just uh it was really sad actually (laughs) but um and i didn't know that i was doing it i just thought that i was doing it for fun you know and i was i would be like kind of be an asshole and and make sure that i always won and finally my girlfriend who's my wife was like hey you're kind of a jerk like when we hang out with friends especially with the guys like you like you get in these scenarios where all of a sudden like you try to dominate everyone. And I was like, no, I don't. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and, she, and I was like, these are just my friends, right? Denial. Yeah. Like these are just my friends. Yeah. These are my friends. And I, I pushed back a lot. I was like, you don't even know, like, you you know, I've been with these friends for a long time. Right. And then, and then I watched myself do it and it was, it was like embarrassing. I watched myself do it. And then what I didn't realize is that ultimately ultimately I was insecure. I would get around them and I'd start to feel insecure. And then that thing inside of me, like, I want to feel secure. I I want to be dominant. I don't want any other man, you know, to, to ever steal something from me again. And I, and I realized right away, like, man, I'm freaking being a jerk to my friends and, and to any other guys. Right. So like I'd have another guy, this random guy come to my house and, Maybe uh, I had like five roommates at one, one point um, after my divorce, just whatever, I had a big house and they would bring a friend over and maybe he said something smart, you know, like a little bit smart, a little cocky. And I would just, boom, I'm all over him. And so finally I had to take a real hard look at myself and go like, dude, you're a jerk. Why are you doing this? And when I got down to the bottom of it, I, was, I had to talk to somebody to actually figure it out. Like, why am I doing this? And we finally put the pieces together like, oh, man, in my divorce, I had it was so traumatizing, like having another guy come in and take my wife that like I just vowed I ne- that was never going to happen again. So, frick, man, every guy was my target. And that's really what happens, you know, is we all have different we all have different triggers, every human being. And, you know, part of growing up and part of maturing in life is going and addressing those and being able to restrain our strength, right? Being, being able to go like, okay, I'm really freaking mad right now. Or for me, it's like, oh, I feel like this guy's trying to dominate me. Uh, okay, what's the best way to handle it? So now I'm able to do that because I focused on it and I've made a plan, you know, and I've actually consciously went, what do I want to do when I feel out of control? And that's what guys need to do, right? What are you going to do for the trigger that you have?
0: Well, it's weird that you talk, you know (laughs) – Well, I don't know. It is going to be interesting how this podcast is perceived, but whatever. Like the, those things like you're discussing now are not really, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll be loud with buddies, but you know what I mean? Not dominate, just talking shit. But like, you know, my wife has brought up to me before, like, why did you, why didn't you say anything? Like someone else is being maybe a little bit of a jerk Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Uh, you know, where, totally different circumstance like i'm totally i say it fault right but admitting fault or self-assessing like you know i can be in a group yeah. and guys trying to big dick it and me just yeah whatever and my wife like you should have said something i'm like yeah. why it doesn't do any good but then you put me in another situation it's like hmm yeah need to self-assess there got some problems and it's so different from right. one person to the you know, to the next. I mean, it it, it truly is. And I, when you talk about like the high school or younger mentality or whatever, like I am a firm believer that every now and then somebody needs to get conked in the head. Um, probably not yeah. the best um, way to look at things. And, and what I'm kind of coming to the conclusion of is. Does it really going to do any good? It'll make me feel good for a little bit. And the person might be deserving of it. But in the grand scheme of things, not to get too kumbaya on this, is I may not forgive the person, but just walk away, right? Focus on me. Focus on my friends. And I'm not saying this is what you should do. I'm just saying this is kind of the conclusion I'm coming to is while it may make me feel really good and the person may deserve it, whether they're lying about you or whatever else is reality is, is it's not going to help the situation long-term what I need to focus on. And, and some of the things I talked with, you know, some of my buddies about is like, look, man, if it comes down to it, you know what you're going to focus on being a better person moving on and they may, die a coward and they're going to have to live with that or being a bad person or knowing they're lying or whatever the case may be. I'm really trying to work on that because I do really at times want to conk somebody in the head. Occasionally, (laughs) that's my childhood, right? That's how a lot of guys in my age demographic were raised. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, the real problem with it is you give all of your power away. Yeah. That's the real problem is somebody, if, if somebody can make me do something, I'm a, all of a sudden, like I'm a, I'm a powerless person and gosh, man, when we become powerless people, it's just like, I don't walk away from that feeling proud. And, And there's a, there's a line, right? Like if a kid's getting beat up by all means, freaking jump in and use all of your power to, to stop that. If a woman's being, you know, uh, verbally abused, like step in. But when we allow our triggers to like lead our lives, you feel really powerless. And, and you're right. It doesn't it doesn't actually solve the problem. It you know, in counseling, so man, if we can get really open, uh, I've had you to work pretty with deep already. almost
0: every fire away,
1: you know, like go... yeah. <laughs> I've had to work with almost every scenario that you can think of. I mean, really, honestly, from uh, I'm counseling a yeah, counseling a mom who, you know, slept with her daughter's boyfriend. Like like deep, you know what I mean? seen just so many different scenarios. And uh, you know, I remember having to work with a guy who's a pedophile. And of that would course, be rough. Like, I feel the same way that yeah. But what's my role? Like, how do I really get justice? So if I have somebody in front of me who's really wrong somebody, do I get, like, do I get justice because I tear that person down? Or do, does justice get served when that person gets well and gets health? And that's one thing I had to really, really assess in my, in my divorce. Like, do I get justice because I tear her life up and I tear his life up? Does that really actually serve justice? It doesn't because that hurts my kids. It hurts his family. It hurts. So when is justice really served? And so, you know, as a counselor, like I have to really sit down and evaluate, like, what is my role? What is my job? My job is to help people. And this is going to sound really churchy, but we're so far in, I'm just going to say it. Uh, My job is to help people get what, what I feel like Christ died for, for them. Like God forgave us of our sins, right? Like he gave you something that you don't deserve, that you can't earn. And so, you know, I'm trying to bring justice back into people's lives. So, uh, you know, when I was counseling that guy who was a pedophile, um, I found out that he was a pedophile in my office. I actually, Here's the, here's what happened is at the church, he was trying to get into church programs and be with the kids and, uh, and lie about his past offense. And I ended up having to catch him, get him to confess that he, that's what he was trying to do. And instead of beating him up, right. Like instead of like verbally shaming him or things like that, I started to go through with him, like, bro, look at where this is getting your life. like how are you going to change your life i mean ultimately it wasn't my job to to fix him but it's it's my job to go how do like how do i really protect society do i shame this guy is that how i protect society or do i get this guy to a program that can really help him if that makes sense and i'm not trying to focus on him i'm just trying to pick something that people would go like holy crap yeah that that makes a lot of sense and when we look at our lives and, and our triggers and even unforgiveness, you know, the problem with unforgiveness is that you're if you don't forgive, you're the one stuck in prison and they get to go live their life. They're, you know, wh- whoever wronged you in your past, we hold unforgiveness because we want to try to make them pay for what they've done. Meanwhile, they're going in in and living their life. It's like it's like trying to drink poison thinking that it's going to kill them. And it's just killing you. And so, you know, uh, I just think living the most powerful life that you can, being the healthiest person that you can requires brutal honesty and real courage. And that's what we're talking about today. Like real honesty and real courage. And, you know, it takes work. It's not, you're not just going to wake up in the morning and be, be a great archer because you want to shoot a bow. You're not gonna become a great husband because you got married. You're not gonna be a great dad because you got a woman pregnant and now you have kids. Like you're not gonna have a healthy whole life because you hope that it happens. All that stuff happens through intentionality. And you know, all of us guys are dealing with the same stuff. The all the same stuff. You know, I've been through addiction. I've been through, you know, addicted to pornography, I've been addicted to uh, pain, medi- uh, not pain medication, but to medication while well, it's a nervous breakdown. You know, all of us are dealing with the same stuff. The only difference is like, what are you going to do today to get to where you really want to be? And, and that's the big question for guys. You can continue to hide. You can continue to go, man, it's not tough to, you know, whatever, but you're the one that's paying for it. And the truth is, is like, there's tons of freedom on the other side of like letting people into your life and owning your story and, you know, living a a powerful, courageous life.
0: No. And I, part of that too, um, especially if you're in like the public's eye is the fear of like blowback, I guess. And, and one of my, uh, buddy of mine, um, we talked about this probably six eight months ago right is when you're wanting to help people from your own story the potential like yeah. I, even this I'm sure who knows what the fuck is gonna happen from this one but like you yeah. know talking about it to say hey you know what I'm working on it anybody else out there you know yeah try try to follow along you know and one of the reasons why I talk to a lot of like tactical guys or whatever is you know same kind of age group and um relate to them or whatever is that they are yeah. seeing it from the same optics I am, right? They're they're having a yeah. rougher childhood. Yeah. They're knowing that physical yeah. um not that, you know, whatever, we're all the baddest guys on the planet. I get my ass whooped as quick as anybody else. Yeah. But, you know, having that and and again, like what I keep going back to, and and this is weird how this works when you again like the it band thing all different people all of a sudden like out of the wood it's like when you're dating and you can't like buy a date and then all of a sudden you find like four you (laughs) want to go out with at one time you're like where were you guys the last six months well the thing is forgiveness is is difficult and and asking or giving right for either one and one thing that i i know i as well as many other guys that i talk to is the fact that walking away from that, truly saying, Hey man, I forgive you. Right. I'm not going to be your best friend. Right. I'm not, you know, you don't not say that, but you know, in your mind, but I don't have to trust you. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you're not going to be in my mind anymore in a negative way. Right. Like you're not, you're not going to be in there. Like you're, I'm getting you out of there. I'm forgiving you, whatever that's difficult to do. And I mean, I'm working on it. There's like, two guys, three guys specifically, right? And it's like one of those things where I just yeah. have to like, you know what? And and dude, the sleep thing was a huge for me after I got off the phone with that guy yeah. and I was like, well, thinking about it and I'm like, you know, man, I, that that rung that rung really true to me. Like that made a lot of sense. I made a couple yeah. of phone calls and I've been sleeping really well ever since. Not to say, don't get me wrong, I still got all kinds of problems. But yeah, yeah. If you take someone that as at a pinnacle or, or spear of influence and they talk about their problems they're almost shooting themselves in the foot because you don't know what the hell blowback you're going to get from it but truly like when you could take a guy and i don't know let's i don't know let's pick somebody that's far away from any of us but but Im, Im known um really well yeah. um let's take tim tebow just because he's a super spiritual guy, yeah. wasn't the greatest football player yeah. in the world, great athlete, right? When I say that, he wasn't a great quarterback, great athlete, and I'm not a football guy. Yeah. He opened himself up a lot to, um, not speculation, what's the word, like uh, to be scrutiny, Scrutiny, yeah. thank you, a lot yeah. of scrutiny. Yeah. But, you know, the, the dude seems to be an awesome guy, like a really good dude, and he put himself out there as kind of um, – right, wrong, or indifferent, right? I mean, he put himself out there to try to help people
1: from what I saw from my optics. Was that good, bad? It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Here's the thing. Um, I call it weaponizing your story. And it's honestly what I, it's really what I'm known for, like in my world is I. your story is supposed to be, uh, let me just start here. Brene Brown, she has this really incredible um TED talk that everyone should go listen to um but in that TED talk she said the only difference between people who feel worthy of love and people who don't is people who feel worthy of love believe that their story is what makes them beautiful they believe that their story is what makes them beautiful and and that's regardless of if you've done good stuff or done bad stuff right and so you know part of the thing is is like if I tell my story, which my story is messy, man. My story is, because this is what I teach my men, is when you're able to weaponize your story, you you literally go, I'm not ashamed of the things that I've done in the past. Maybe there's things I wish I wouldn't have done. But listen, I'm going to use that for good now. I'm going to turn that around and use that to get other men well. All of a sudden, like, my past has a purpose. My faults, I'm I'm... I'm using those as ways to get other people well. I'm using my poor decisions, my failures, whatever, my weaknesses as strength for other men. Like what is weak about that? It's not weak. So, you know, to me, if a guy can't handle that, you know, there'll be lots of guys on here that go, I can't believe he shared about that and whatever. But to me, it's an indicator about them. It's commentary on them. It's not a commentary on me. Because the men in my life that I'm running with are, you know, they look at, I mean, they look at it and they go, wow, that's, that's strength. That's a selfless act is to use your weaknesses, your failures to help strengthen other people. You know, that, those are the kind of men that I want to run with. That's the kind of community that I want to build and be a part of, you know, that's, that's the only way that we're going to change. When we talk about how do we really help men who are, you know, coming out of suicide or, you know, feeling depressed or anxiety, like we have to be real and honest in, and, and it's the only, you know, if we're going to do that, then you have to tell your story. You have to be willing to tell your story.
0: That's, no, that makes sense. And I, I think, uh, obviously that, uh, I, when, as I say, it makes sense. It is easier said than done. And I mean, I, I you know, on my, yeah. I don't have that crazy of a, of a story, but it's probably more relatable, um, You know, obviously, fairly, you know, relatively rough um, childhood. My mom was awesome, but relatively rough childhood. And, you know, you raised around loggers and that kind of thing. And violence was the answer, uh, you know, in that, uh, you know, demographic or that time frame. And I think when it say violence is the answer, I'm still, and this is going to sound really bad, but I think there needs to be a level of violence that everyone is capable of. And when I say that, meaning – absolutely. I, 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 I've, I've really like the fact that to a certain degree, not, not at a level I even want to be at that I can protect friends and family. Um, but yep. if I have some chucklehead talking shit about me online, nah, I probably don't need to worry about trying nah. to kick shit out of him. I just need like, well, yeah. whatever you, he's got to live his own life and move on. That can be said for a lot of yeah. social media nowadays is like the reality of it is like tomorrow morning when I wake up, right. And I go to the gym. I'm going to be nice to yeah. the people that are in the gym. If somebody's like lifting wrong or ask me for advice, I'm going to help them out. I'm going to come to work. I want to be nice to everybody that's in here. And if in the middle of the day I go to the gas station and the uh, attendant is getting kind of bullied by um, the customer, which this just happened, I yeah. don't need to beat the shit out of the customer. I need to deescalate the situation and use my force yeah. to get him away yeah. from her, make her feel warm and fuzzy. Hey, you're good. And not beat the fuck out of anyone, but have the ability to do it if I yeah. need to. And I did good. You would have been not proud of me. You. That exactly happened. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and uh, That's
0: amazing. And uh, it was one of those things to, I'm very overprotective of women. I'll be the first one to say, when I say overprotective, like not like a crazy husband or whatever. My wife can go do whatever she wants. But I mean, I'm very defensive of women that are being, um, you know, potentially harmed or whatever to a point I got to work on it in a sense of it's not, I don't need to always run to the rescue, but be aware of it. And that day I, 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 I literally my initial, and I've been working on this. I was just going to break this motherfucker's arms and be like, how do you like being bullied now? But I did good. Right. I got in the way, got him out of there. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) But I, I, you know, I'm not saying that to make myself sound really good, but dude, it was getting close to a level where I'm like, hmm, I'm going to enjoy this. But I didn't do it, which which (laughs) maybe I should have. And maybe it would have, but the guy would have, I don't know that he learned a lesson from me just getting him out of there. but, But the point to that is, is you can still be dominant and not be dominant. You can still be uh, aggressive, but not be aggressive, right? Like a look can go a long ways to yeah. solving a problem. And I've been really working on, on that. So,
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's the deal, right? Is a guy that doesn't have the ability to, <clears throat> it's kind of the problem that we have right now with, with um, society wanting and wanting men to, you know, whatever, to be more like a woman. And, and the challenge is like, well, we have a role. We, we play a role in this world. And, and our, our role is to bring peace to chaos. Like that is, that is actually one job for a man is to come bring peace to chaos and, and to lend his strength. And so, man, if you are incapable of protecting, well, think back a thousand years ago when, when you had to, uh, uh, protect your tribe. I mean, one of your jobs was to secure the perimeter of any place that you lived at and, and, and to patrol that. And, you know, our lives are, are no different today. You know, the, the challenge that we have today, here's the honest truth is the enemy that we face today. You can't see with your own eyes. So a thousand years ago, what was the big threat for, for a man? Well, it would be predators, right? Like bears and tigers, depending upon where you live. And then it would be other people that wanted to come into your camp and freaking pillage and raid. Okay. The challenge that we have today is my kids at home have access to the internet and any Yahoo that wants to whatever, uh, influence my kids. I mean, my kids could go watch, like crimes and horrible pornography and crazy stuff. So, you know, our job as men today to protect and provide and promote, like that was, that's the job of a man, protect, provide, and promote. It's so much harder than it was a thousand years ago because there's so much more access to the things that you care for. So, yeah. I mean, what good are you as a man if you can't protect? Yeah. And if if you don't have the ability to stop a threat,
0: it, and, and adding to that, I mean, the one thing like you're talking about nowadays, and I've really got to wrap my head around this, is the fact that there are going to be individuals that will use, um, you know, maybe a platform or they, their yeah. their manliness is um, – you know, using, you know, whatever, going on a rant or going on whatever, and the fact that, you know, if they're confronted in a different way other than um, social or whatever, they may, you know, they... It, they're they're not protecting something in the way that you are referring to, and you can you can do a lot of things yeah. on social media now, and it's hard to defend. Um, you know, with that, which when I say yeah. defend, it's hard to protect your kid on social media because they're one going to get they're going to want to get yeah. on at a certain age. You're going to have to let them. Um, where before you had to have a spear and a, you know, a club and you, you had to, you protected the herd. Now it's like, I know dads are like, man, I got to get on Instagram. My kid's wanting to get on so I can watch my kid and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Nothing yeah. I ever thought would come out of my mouth of like, Hey, let me show you how to download this app. Um, you know, yeah. cause he's having to protect his, his family in a different way than he was probably envisioned he would have back in the eighties, right. Or the nineties or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's true. And, and honestly, like for dads out there, you know, one of the best ways to protect them is to build a real relationship, right? Build a real connection because your kids, you know, your kids will listen to you for a while because you're the boss because you freaking said so. But after a while that stuff gets old, you know, and if you don't have a real connection to your kids, which gets built through intentionality, right? Being an intentional father, spending time with them, uh, doing things that they want to do. You know, it's that time investment. When, I mean, that to me is the best way to protect my kids is obviously don't give them stuff too soon. You know, I don't give my freaking 11 year old a phone that they can just go and access the internet wherever they want to, you know, maybe you do some restrictions, maybe you just give them a phone that they can text. But ultimately it's if you can build a relationship with your kids, they will work hard to protect the connection. Not all the time, Uh, but a lot of the times, and and that's the biggest assurance that we have is, you know, how connected is my life to me and how connected are my kids to me. And, uh, then when I tell my kids like, Hey, you know, I don't want you to do this. They respect me. They care for me because they know that I respect and care for them. So, you know, but it's true. I mean, just our ability to, to protect and, and, And even gain a skill set, you know, Um, like I I like, I like jujitsu. I like, I work out, you know, four days a week at least and try to keep myself in shape. And and mentally I do the same thing. You know, I I learn how to handle conflict and set healthy boundaries. And like, those are all things that I, that I grow skill sets in to, to be able to like fulfill my role as a man.
0: No, and I mean, that's, it's good advice. And I, I think that, um, yeah, cause I don't want to keep you on here forever. I think that like what you had just said right there, like your, your skill sets and, and, you know, ad- adapting and, uh, becoming better, you know, f- yeah. finding your own faults and, and make, you know, I don't know how this podcast is going to be perceived at all. I get, I'm a little nervous to even post it, but I'm going to, um, what I would, <laughs> what I would hope is when people listen to this, like we are all at, we all have faults, right? And you, you have to love someone for yes. who they are, not who you want them to be. And all try to exactly. not to get too kumbaya, right? But I'll try to better each other. And if it's a person you don't yeah. want to affiliate yourself with or make better, just distance yourself from with the, from them. Um, I'm not saying yeah. that's the right thing. I'm not speaking for Jay at all. But don't surround yourself with negativity and don't let negativity control your life. Surround yourself with people who build you up, right? Don't screw you over, are positive, and people that you're comfortable with opening up to, and that accept yeah. accept you. And, and that it, when I say that, I mean, I have a really core, long a, a tight group of long-time friends. We all have faults and we all know those faults or whatever. I, I, I don't like, man, if someone is stealing your peace from you, the blinker, Joel Osteen, whether yeah. he stole money from the church or not. One thing he said, and I'm not, I it was, don't let someone steal your peace from you. Do not yeah. let someone's words affect you, their words. I'm not a big fan of yeah. Joel, the more research I do, but that shit stuck with me of like driving. It doesn't matter if somebody cuts yeah. me off. I'm not in a hurry anyway, right? It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. I'm going to get there. It 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 does not matter if they're not doing the speed limit. I can pass them. Right. It doesn't matter if someone takes my parking yeah. spot at the grocery store. I'm saying that in the last 10 years, because 10 years before that, I probably would have not been good when I got out because I'll park somewhere else. It's not a big deal. But if someone yeah. goes to affect you or your family physically, yeah, it's time to step up. The other shit really doesn't yeah. matter. Just walk away from it.
1: Yeah, it's so true. You know, I think, I think getting to a place where you like, you like you, you know, where you you're proud of you. uh, You have a clean, um, healthy conscience. You feel, you know, you feel okay in your shoes and, and you're good with being present in your own life. I mean, to me, that's, that's a sign of health is I feel proud of me. I got a clear conscience. Um. I, uh, I've got tools to, to whatever, to handle what's in front of me, to be a great boss, to be a great husband, be a great dad. I mean, that's what, that's why we are doing this podcast. Ultimately, it's why I do what I do every single day is to help, help men live the best life that they can. And, and ultimately, you know, I want every guy to, to reconcile his past, to, to live free from, you know, unforgiveness and pain. And to be able to, you know, feel powerful in the life that he's living today. And and that's, you know, that's, it's uh, not easy to do, but it it's really available. And, you know, so many guys are doing that. So many people are doing that Christian and non-Christian alike are uh, really changing, you know, the trajectory of the life and, and living the life every day that they're really proud of. And so, you know, that's my hope for guys. And, and hopefully this, podcast inspired that and hopefully we shed some light on on some men uh to where they feel comfortable enough to go okay wow yeah i'm not the only one that that feels awkward or i'm not the only one that feels this way but i want to grow my life and i and i want it to be you know i want it to be successful and i want to get out of some pain and i want to get some skill set that i don't have you know maybe fix my marriage a little bit or something so
0: well most of this podcast has been awkward for me but i'm glad we did it um i've had fun and when i say (laughs) Just new, new ground, right? I mean, anytime, uh, first time you go to the gym, you're probably not going to just dive on the bench press and know what you're, you know what I mean? Like it's a little awkward at first, but, um, I I hope people take this for what it's worth and don't turn this into a shit show. Um, in the, in the sense of like, really, it's, it's just about trying to make yourself better, uh, make people around you, you know, better. And I could not have done this without you. So I really appreciate you hopping on. (laughs)
1: Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I mean, it's an honor. I, I really appreciate it. a lot.
0: Oh yeah. And I, well, I'm sure we may get some feedback from this hopefully good and we'll knock another one out later on if you'd be open for it.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, if, uh, anytime i come back on, it'd be great. Cool,
0: man. Well, thank you again. Uh, and can you tell everybody where they can find you real quick before I forget that?
1: Yeah. So on Instagram, they can go to Jay Valentin, and, uh, you can also, if you want to check out BraveCo, um, you can go to BraveCo Men on Instagram, or you can uh, look check us out at BraveCo.org, um, <clears throat> just on the web. So, gotcha. Well, That's right it.
0: on, man. Thank you so much, and everybody, check those. Uh, check out his page. Uh, I've been following along for a while, so yeah, I can't thank you enough for all that. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk again soon enough.
1: Sounds great, man. I appreciate it.